Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another bonus Thursday episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year, every year. That's right, all 365 days per year, or all 366 days per leap year. And thank you again for joining us for another installment of another Christmas story. This week's chapter, chapter 18 entitled You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, will be read to you by the always amazing Charlene Lewis of the Fashion Speaks podcast, or vodcast, because it's technically a YouTube video podcast. I don't have any housekeeping to go over with you all this week, at least at the beginning of this episode. But I do want to point out that Charlene is amazing. She's one of the OG listeners of Tis the Podcast and has stuck with us over the course of these long four years. In my mind, it's a crime that she hasn't been on the main show proper yet, covering a movie or TV episode or TV special with us. You would have heard her briefly in our Christmas in July episodes and things like that. And you've definitely heard her on Patreon, but she has yet to have a dedicated episode on her main show. And while this bonus episode takes a step to rectify that, the podcast will be rectifying it even further this upcoming summer in which she will be guest hosting one of our regular Monday episodes with us. And I can't wait for that. But in the meantime, enjoy Charlene and her lovely, lovely voice as she reads to you this week's installment of Another Christmas Story. So with that, I'm going to kick it on over to her. Enjoy! Hello, my name is Charlene Lewis, and I am one of the hosts of the Fashion Speaks podcast on YouTube. And I am also Forever Charlene on YouTube. Chapter 18. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. December 24th, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Elizabeth Williams and Noah Clark stood shoulder to shoulder in silence on a crowded escalator ascending up and out of Penn Station. After their successful Times Square interviews with the Salvation Army Santa Claus and the Henderson family, Elizabeth had suggested heading back downtown to stake out Macy's Herald Square. Given the department store's iconic stature during the holiday season, she hoped that they might be able to stumble upon an interesting Christmas-related public interest story within its vicinity. To escape the cold, the two of them, at Noah's suggestion, decided to take the one train to 34th Street from Times Square, but this turned out to be a major mistake for a few reasons. 
Firstly, city transit was notoriously unreliable under the best conditions and always suffered from delays and cancellations. This was made even worse with Winter Storm Elsa pummeling the island. Secondly, due to delays and the fact that it was a holiday, the train was severely overcrowded when it finally did arrive. So much so that the two college students couldn't secure seats for themselves and were forced to stand, which resulted in them constantly being thrown around into other commuters, putting both of them in an annoyed mood. It wasn't until they emerged from Penn 20 minutes after boarding the train on the sidewalk in front of the world-famous Madison Square Garden that Elizabeth allowed a smile to unfurl on her face once again. I say we suck it up and brave the cold by walking the rest of the day rather than go through that again. What do you say, princess? She winked at Noah, who rolled his eyes in exasperation. You're such a ball buster, you know that? I prefer the term nutcracker, it being Christmas and all. Elizabeth countered without missing a beat, earning herself a genuine guffaw from her boyfriend in response. As they weaved in and out of the way of pedestrians traveling both ways on the sidewalks, making their way toward Macy's, she pointed at the large group of people gathered outside of the department store's windows. We can grab some footage of the display to lay over parts of my interviews. Don't we have enough stock footage already? I'm sorry, are you complaining? No, Noah insisted a little too quickly. I just meant we're going to have so much extra footage. Better too much footage than too little, Elizabeth interrupted. It's always better to be overprepared. Noah laughed as he shook his head. <laughs> we are so different. That's why we work. Elizabeth grabbed the man's hand and entwined her fingers with his. Opposites attract, after all. Noah smirked before bending down to kiss his girlfriend atop the head. I'm looking forward to meeting all of your siblings tomorrow. I'm looking forward to seeing them all in general, Elizabeth replied excitedly. I can't remember the last time we were all home at the same time. She and her three siblings, a younger sister, an older sister, and an older brother were spread out across the country, and in the case of her deployed brother, the world, due to school and work. Because of this, it was hard for all of them to get together, even during the holidays, and was the main reason that Noah, who had been dating her for over a year at that point, had yet to meet any of them. This Christmas, however, would be different. For the first time in a long time, they would all be at their parents' house in Nyack, New York to celebrate the holiday together, and Elizabeth couldn't be more thrilled. Her youngest sister, Annie, was a musical savant living out in California and studying hard to become a surgeon, while her older sister, Elena, was a lawyer who lived in Texas with her oil tycoon husband, Scott, and their twin babies, Kimberly and David. Her older brother, Christopher, who was also the oldest sibling in general, was a lieutenant deployed in the Baltic regions of Europe with a few thousand other U.S. troops to serve as a deterrent against Russia. Lest they even think of invading or annexing any of the smaller NATO and EU countries. Elizabeth, like her parents, was so proud of her sisters and brother, but she was also slightly jealous of their various successes. She hoped that her dream of becoming a journalist panned out so that she'd be just as admired as the three of them one day. 
but she would take any small win in the meantime. A small win like, say, stumbling across any potentially huge news story that New York City would be willing to provide her that Christmas Eve that had even the slightest chance of gaining traction elsewhere other than just the NYU streaming service. Do you think they'll like me? Noah asked, trying and failing to sound nonchalant, completely clueless as to what was going on in the mind of his girlfriend at the moment. Finding his concern cute and grateful for an excuse to keep her mind from focusing on how successful her siblings were, Elizabeth replied, What's not to like? Then after a beat, she shrugged. Just so you know, though, Chris is your stereotypical older brother, extremely protective and all of that. He's always had my back, so just be prepared for him to act a little tough around you. I think I can handle that, Noah replied uncertainly. As long as, you know, he doesn't bring his gun to Christmas dinner. <laughs> he laughed, but quickly cut himself off when he noticed his girlfriend stare at him with an apologetic smirk on her face. Clearing his throat pointedly, he quickly changed the subject. <clears throat> Man, I need a coffee. Another one? Elizabeth asked as they crossed 7th Avenue to be on the side of the street upon which they could approach Macy's. It hasn't been long since your last one. What, are you keeping track, Mom? Noah asked incredulously. It's been long enough. Besides, it's freezing. All right, you big baby. She rolled her eyes. We'll grab you another one after we talk to some people outside of Macy's. I assume you'll treat this time since I grabbed yours this morning. Dragging me around all day isn't repayment enough? Noah raised an eyebrow. Then upon catching sight of his girlfriend's glare, he hastened to add, I'm kidding. Yes, they'll be on me. When they came to a stop on the corner of 34th Street, just behind the large crowd of people gathered to ogle the animatronic Rankin-Bass displays within the department store's windows, Noah withdrew the heavy camera from the bag slung over his shoulder in order to begin shooting footage of the crowds and the windows. Elizabeth, meanwhile, scanned the faces of those gathered around them for potential interview subjects, trying to silently discern from facial features and expressions alone who had interesting stories to tell. It wasn't until she started wandering east down the sidewalk, however, that she spotted what she considered a prominent lead. Emerging from the front of Macy's, streaming out into the steadily falling snow in a single file line were what appeared to be a bunch of children under the age of 10, chattering excitedly and glancing around at their surroundings in awe. They were making their way over to a Greyhound bus that was parked on the curb directly in front of them and were being minded by 14 adults, 12 of whom looked both overwhelmed and uncertain while the other two, a young blonde woman who, at most, was a few years older than Elizabeth, and a middle-aged Spanish man with salt and pepper hair, exuded authority as they counted heads and rattled off the names of the kids as they stepped onto the vehicle. Hurry up, children, the woman called loudly, shivering as a strong gust of wind blew down the street. It's freezing. Noah, Elizabeth called for her boyfriend, who was now holding the video camera high above his head with his muscular arms in order to get a clear shot of the windows over the heads of those gathered in front of them. Over here! She jerked her head toward the bus before hurrying over to toward it. Excuse me, 
Hi, hello. She waved her arms wildly to get the attention of the young blonde woman and the middle-aged Spanish man who flanked the folding door of the bus and were clearly in charge of the children boarding it. When they turned to glance warily in her direction, she forced a smile onto her face. Is this a school trip? It is, the man replied stiffly. Why do you ask? On Christmas Eve? When the man nodded again, Elizabeth exclaimed with bright curiosity. That's unusual. How cool. My name's Elizabeth Meyer. She stuck out her hand confidently, forcing both the man and the woman to take it in turn. Felipe Rodriguez. Patricia Warren. It's a pleasure, Elizabeth insisted as Noah sidled up behind her to join them, the camera perched on his left shoulder. This is my boyfriend, Noah Clark. What's up? Noah raised a hand in greeting. We're journalism students at NYU, and we're trying to get footage for our streaming services Christmas Eve broadcast, holiday-related puff pieces and all of that, Elizabeth explained as her eyes began to rove over the few straggling kids not yet on the bus. Do you mind if I interview you and maybe a student or two about... Yes, Rodriguez interrupted swiftly as he ushered the remaining students and chaperones onto the monstrous vehicle. I do mind. I don't have permission from any of these kids' parents to allow them on tape. Elizabeth visibly deflated in response to the rejection, but as Rodriguez and Warren made the climb onto the bus, she quickly shouted, Wait! As they paused to turn back and face her again, both looking annoyed, she forced a smile onto her face. I'd be happy just to interview you two. No kids? Who knows? She shrugged. It could be good publicity for your school. Does the NYU streaming service get a lot of publicity, period? Warren asked sarcastically, an eyebrow raised. Good or bad? Elizabeth refused to dignify the question with an answer. Instead, she smiled patiently at Rodriguez, who seemed to be considering the proposal seriously. Finally, he turned to his colleague. It could be good publicity for the school. He gave a half shrug. What do we have to lose? Warren sighed deeply. Fine, you're the boss. Then after a beat, she flashed him a tiny smirk. I wouldn't mind talking publicly about what just happened upstairs anyway. Excellent, Elizabeth exclaimed. Her curiosity peaked as she rounded on her boyfriend. Where do you want us? Uh, center of the sidewalk, so I can shoot you guys facing east. He indicated where he wanted them, and as the two school officials shuffled into place, Elizabeth leaned in close to Noah to pull the microphone out of the camera bag. How do you manage to get everybody to do exactly what you want? He asked, incredulous. It's my superpower, Elizabeth whispered back with a wink before backing away from her boyfriend to join her interview subjects and allow him to set up the shot. So, before we get started, what's the name of the school? Tampa Palms Elementary School, Rodriguez replied proudly, his head held high. I'm the principal. So, you must be the teacher, Elizabeth turned to Patricia Warren, who nodded in response. Smiling wide, she called over to Noah. How are we doing? Noah was finalizing the frame of the shot so that his girlfriend, the principal, and the teacher were standing dead center in the middle of the sidewalk. Though his 
This caused pedestrians to have to swerve around them in annoyance due to the fact that they were blocking foot traffic. It made for the perfect view looking west behind them, allowing the Macy storefront to remain in the shot, just visible at an angle to the left of them, and the Greyhound bus housing the students to remain as well, just visible at an angle just to the right of them. We're good. Noah gave his girlfriend a thumbs up. Whenever you're ready. And with that, he turned on the camera so that the red light atop of it flickered to life. I'm standing here with two officials from Tampa Palms Elementary School, Principal Felipe Rodriguez and teacher Patricia Warren, who are in town this snowy Christmas Eve, accompanying Miss Warren's class on a field trip. Elizabeth extended the microphone so that it occupied this small amount of space in between her two subjects. Normally, most people who live here try to escape the snowy northeast in the winter for sunnier, warmer destinations down south, but you and your students did the opposite. She let out a 30 laugh. <laughs> Tell us why, especially as it's Christmas Eve of all days. Rodriguez and Warren exchanged a glance, silently trying to decide amongst themselves who should take the lead during the interview. Finally, the former cleared his throat and leaned in toward the microphone to speak, staring directly into the camera as he did so. We're here, I'm here to help Patricia, Miss Warren here, chaperone her third grade class, which won a contest to perform alongside the Radio City Rockettes during the 8 p.m. performance of the Christmas Spectacular tonight. Wow, Elizabeth exclaimed. That's impressive. I am... We are so proud of our students, Warren beamed at the camera. Every elementary school in the country was eligible to enter the contest, and my kids have worked so incredibly hard to get here. Needless to say, they're excited. I'm excited. We're excited, Rodriguez interjected with a pointed laugh. Everyone in our community and at our school is, including their music teacher, Donna Shackleton, who sadly couldn't make the trip because she came down with the flu a few days ago. So what exactly will the kids be performing? Elizabeth asked. Are they in the entire show or just the climax? Warren interrupted. The nativity scene. The majority of our students will be playing the show's score on their instruments in lieu of the professional orchestra who will be playing the rest of the show, while three will be narrating the scene and one will be playing the role of the little drummer boy. That sounds incredibly exciting. They should be proud. I mean, to perform alongside the Rockettes before they're out of the third grade? That's quite the accomplishment. As she spoke, Elizabeth filed a mental note to try and procure last minute tickets to that evening's performance after she was done interviewing the Florida duo in the hopes that she and Noah could get some footage of the kids on stage. So that's later tonight. What brings you to Macy's today? She gestured at the department store to her right, nearly smacking an irate pedestrian in the head as he hurried past. The majority of our kids have never been to New York, period, let alone during the holidays, Rodriguez shrugged. So we thought we'd give them the full Christmas experience, Rockefeller Center, meeting Santa at Macy's. Although in retrospect, that wasn't the best idea. Elizabeth noticed the young teacher visibly bristle in annoyance as the words escaped her mouth. Why? Because, 
the woman cut across her, her voice rising. There was a young couple, couldn't be older than 30, standing in the line to visit Santa Claus immediately in front of us. Completely devoid of kids, may I add, although I suppose that's neither here nor there. Anyway, she took a deep, calming breath. (sighs) When they reached Santa, the woman, who was extremely pregnant, by the way, did nothing but throw herself at him. She overtly flirted until she finally forced a kiss on him as the photographer snapped a picture. Warren went red in the face as Noah barely managed to stifle a laugh behind the camera and a wide smirk unfurled across Elizabeth's face. Now, I'm no prude, mind you, this teacher continued defensively, proudly holding her head high. I've done, I I still do crazy things. I mean, I am still young, but come on. She let out a humorless laugh. I have no problem with grown adults visiting Santa or showing affection, but I mean, come on. There are kids around. Keep it appropriate. Don't try to ruin the magic or the image of who Santa is. In fairness, we ended up complaining, Rodriguez interjected, throwing his employee a reproachful look which Elizabeth interpreted as the principal doing his best to cover the school's ass so that a major retail empire wouldn't sue them for defamation. Management was sympathetic, he explained for the camera. They let all of our kids get their pictures for free. But the employees minding Santa did nothing to stop the spectacle as it occurred, Warren insisted, causing her boss to bristle with annoyance. They didn't reprimand Santa or kick out the couple in question. Elizabeth nodded her understanding. Well, on behalf of my wonderful city, I hope that the rest of your tourism endeavors are better experiences. And please, wish your students luck tonight on my behalf. As the two Floridians both nodded in thanks, Elizabeth widened her eyes pointedly at the camera, which Noah recognized as his cue to turn it off and heave it off of his sore shoulder to hang limply at his side. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me. You said this will be available on the university website? Elizabeth nodded. It should go up late tonight and be available in our archives afterward forevermore. She laughed. (laughs) Do me a favor though. Please make sure to share it with your friends and family. The more eyes I can get my work in front of, the better it is for me. After they assured her that they would, looking as though they would rather do anything else, Rodriguez and Warren climbed onto the bus. Merry Christmas, Elizabeth waved as the door closed and the Greyhound slowly pulled away from the curb, inching into the crawling New York traffic. Turning toward Noah, who had just finished securing the camera in its bag, she exclaimed brightly, They seemed nice. Oh yeah, two enormous rays of sunshine. Noah sarcastically agreed. Coffee now? Please? You're such a walking stereotype. Elizabeth rolled her eyes. There's a Starbucks on the corner of 35th. She held out her hand, palm up. Give me some money. It's on you this time, remember? We'll just both go together, Noah replied, confused. I'll just go up to the barista and order myself- No. Elizabeth began with the tone of voice she'd normally reserve for explaining the obvious to a five-year-old. You are going to wait 
here while I go to get coffee alone. Why can't I come? It's freezing, Noah exclaimed, despite handing $20 over to his girlfriend. Well then, pace back and forth to keep yourself warm, Elizabeth insisted. I need you to call Macy's headquarters and try to get a quote about that Santa incident that teacher Patricia Warren, I think she said her name was, just told us about. And, she continued, raising her voice slightly as Noah groaned loudly, I need you to call Radio City and see if you can get us tickets to the Christmas Spectacular tonight so that we can see those school kids perform. Why? Noah asked, his voice a mere whine now. Don't you remember having to sit through kids' pageants at school? They're awful. Why do you want to put us through that torture? So we can get footage with which to overlay the interview we just did? Noah rolled his eyes. You know what New York theaters are like. They're not going to let me tape. I'm sorry, Elizabeth interrupted, her voice dripping with sarcasm. Are you complaining? No, Noah replied matter-of-factly. I'm just saying, then please do what I ask while I go and get your coffee, okay? She stood up on the tip of her toes and planted a forceful kiss on his cheek. Love you. And before Noah could protest further, Elizabeth hurried up the street, turned right on 7th Avenue, and walked the one block north to the Starbucks located on the corner of 35th Street. The relief that she felt at entering the cramped, warm Starbucks store was near instantaneous and couldn't be dampened by the long, winding line of customers she found herself at the end of. In fact, the line only buoyed her happiness, for it allowed her time to think. While the few interviews that she had managed to score that morning were perfect Christmas Eve fluff, she still wanted to find a big headline-making story. She wished there was some way that she could nab an interview with the president while she was in town in order to talk to her about deteriorating U.S.-Russia relations. Unfortunately, she had no idea where the commander-in-chief or her entourage would be at any given moment. Her press office and security detail had been extremely vague and quite skilled at keeping under wraps specific times as to when they'd be where in the city, though it was no secret they'd be taking in the various Christmas sites. She would just have to drag Noah to all of the stereotypical locations in the hopes that they could cross paths with her. Elizabeth was shaken from her thoughts when she heard somebody behind her cluck in annoyance before exclaiming emphatically, This is ridiculous! She casually glanced over her shoulder to find a very attractive, effeminate-looking man with flowing red hair and a scarf wrapped around his neck, standing behind her with his long black overcoat open to reveal that he was wearing a perfectly pressed suit. His dazzling green eyes were darting all over the place, and Elizabeth realized that he was talking loudly to himself in a vain attempt to get fellow customers to commiserate with him. You'd think they'd hire more help to move people in and out faster. Suppressing a that's-what-she-said joke, Elizabeth smiled at the man in a what-can-you-do type of way as she replied, I think we're moving fast enough. Before he could say anything more to her, her phone began to ring loudly. I'm sorry, she said quickly, relieved as she pulled the device from her pocket. I have to take this. Then gratefully placing it against her ear, she answered, Hello? Elizabeth, darling, it's your mother. 
Hi, Mom, Elizabeth replied as the queue continued to move forward. What's up? Are you on your way home yet? The roads are getting so bad out there. Getting bad? Elizabeth laughed. They're awful. Well, if that's the case, why aren't you home already? Did the sibling units get in okay? Elizabeth asked pointedly. You're dodging the question, her mother bluntly pointed out. But sure, I'll play along. Elena, Scott, and the kids got in last night. You won't believe how much Kimberly and Dave have grown since the last time you saw them. And Annie landed safely this morning before the snow started to get bad, weighed down with books and schoolwork, per usual. You know what she's like. She let out a knowing laugh before continuing. And Christopher's regiment is set to touch down at Stewart Airport tonight, regardless of weather. I guess that's one of the perks of being in the military. A little snow won't stop one of those big bulky planes. They're built to withstand a whole lot worse. Anyway, she let out a breathless sigh. One of the young men who was deployed with him lives in Jersey, so he's going to drive him home tonight as he's heading south anyway, and we'll only have to make a slight detour to drop your brother off. They should be in before midnight, he said. The question remains, though, when will you be home? I already told you the other day, mother, Elizabeth began calmly, doing her best to keep her exasperation in check. I won't be home until really late tonight, after everyone's already gone to bed, if not early tomorrow morning. Early tomorrow morning? Her mother repeated incredulously. You know we open gifts first thing as a family. Are you going to keep us waiting? You can open them without me if I'm not home in time. That's not the point. It's tradition. We all need to be together when we open gifts under the tree. Besides, your father and I, and all of your siblings for that matter, are looking forward to meeting this boyfriend of yours. Mom, Noah and I are doing classwork, okay? That's why it's up in the air as to what time we're getting in. We're putting together a Christmas-themed segment for the school streaming service tonight, and... Oh, darling, be reasonable. Her mother let out a laugh of disbelief. Nobody but students watch that service anyway. No one is going to be watching it Christmas Eve of all nights. Elizabeth bristled angrily at the words. <sighs> That may be true, she began through gritted teeth, but there are no shortcuts on the way to becoming a real journalist. I'm not saying that there are, her mother began patiently. And your father and I have faith in you and your dreams, just like we've always had faith in all of your siblings and their dreams. But I have to go, Elizabeth cut across the woman swiftly, noticing that she was next in line to have her order taken. I'll see you guys soon, okay? I love you. And grateful for a legitimate excuse to rush her mom off the phone, she hung up without another word. Behind her, the red-headed man was still complaining loudly. She was about ready to spin around and snap at him to shut up and patiently wait his turn like everybody else when she noticed that he was complaining specifically about the person ordering at the register at that moment. It was a young mother who was rocking a stroller containing a wailing baby back and forth in an effort to calm it down. The woman looked near tears herself as she pleaded with the Starbucks barista standing at the cash register. I don't have an extra 75 cents, she pleaded, and I don't have my credit card on me. Then I can't give you the coffee and a cup of milk for your baby, the barista 
an older, stern-looking man replied. It's either or, or nothing at all. Are you really being this stingy over 75 cents? The woman asked in desperate disbelief. The barista shrugged. Look, can you please make up your mind? I have paying customers I need to get to. Yes, you do, the redheaded man behind Elizabeth chimed in. The young mother turned to stare anxiously at him as he continued. It's a busy day, you know. I'm a busy man. I have lots to do. Elizabeth threw him a disgusted look before turning to throw the barista himself one. Where was their Christmas spirit? Hell, where was their basic human decency? Forcing a smile onto her face, she stepped forward and placed a reassuring hand on the young mother's shoulder before addressing the barista. I'll cover her order. Oh, you don't have to. The woman flushed a deep shade of red in embarrassment. I want to. Elizabeth flashed her a warm smile before addressing the barista again. I want to. She handed him the $20 bill, and in turn, he handed the young mother her coffee and cup of milk. Thank you so much, the woman said. Don't mention it, Elizabeth insisted, counting the change that the barista handed back to her. It's good karma points for me. Besides, us women have to stick together, all right? The woman laughed as she nodded, wiping grateful tears from her eyes. You have a Merry Christmas. You too, the woman exclaimed. You too, and God bless. Taking Elizabeth by surprise, the woman engulfed her in a quick warm hug before pushing her crying child from the establishment while balancing the two drinks in her hands. Smiling, Elizabeth turned to glance back at the red-headed man, standing behind her in line with a smug smile on her face, expecting him to be angry that she had yet to order for herself. To her surprise, however, she found that he was staring between her and the door the young mother had just hurried out of, looking oddly touched. Why did you do that? He asked softly. Elizabeth shrugged. It was the right thing to do. You should try it sometime. She turned to address the impatient-looking barista. One venti vanilla latte and one venti black coffee, please. And what the hell, whatever Ebenezer Scrooge here wants too. She jerked her head at the man behind her. Clearly I need to show him and you what generosity looks like during this season of giving. She turned to stare at the red-headed man who appeared surprised. What do you want? Why are you doing this? He asked, bewildered. It's called doing a nice thing? Paying it forward? She rolled her eyes. It's a chain type of thing. We're supposed to see how long we can keep it going for. I'm paying for yours, so you pay for the person behind you, who should in turn pay for the one behind them, and so on and so forth. Get it? Now what do you want? A small coffee with two Splenda and a dash of skim milk, please? The man replied as the barista went to work fulfilling the three drink order. The man continued, thank you. It's fine, Elizabeth replied curtly. You seem like a really good person. Yeah, Elizabeth laughed. <laughs> we'll try and remember this moment the next time you get a chance to be a good person yourself. Thank you, she addressed the barista who passed her the three drinks. As she passed the red-headed man his small one, the barista informed her. That'll be $15. Of course it will, Elizabeth muttered to herself, 
putting what was left of Noah's money from paying for the young mother minutes before back into her pocket after realizing that it wouldn't be enough to cover the three drinks. After paying with her debit card, she muttered, Merry Christmas, to the barista and the redheaded man, who was in the process of beginning to pay for the order of the person behind him, grabbed her latte and Noah's coffee, and exited the warmth of the tiny Starbucks for the cold, snowy world beyond. When she rejoined Noah outside of Macy's on 34th Street, she found him angry and blue in the face. His hands were shoved deep into his pockets, and his arms were pulled close to his body in a futile attempt to stay warm in the heavily falling snow. When his eyes spotted her, they lit up immediately. Coffee. Here you go. Elizabeth had barely extended the Starbucks cup out to him before he grabbed it and brought it to his lips. Careful, she warned as he gulped down a large sip of the brown liquid. It's hot. Ah, Noah smacked his lips contentedly as the warm drink worked its magic throughout his body. Much better. Change? He held out one of his hands palm up expectantly to his girlfriend. Elizabeth shook her head. No change, you Neanderthal. Talk in complete sentences. What do you mean there's no change? Noah demanded. There's no way two venti drinks cost 20 bucks, not even at Starbucks. I paid for a few other people too, Elizabeth explained with a shrug of her shoulders. Decided to pay it forward in the spirit of the holiday season. My money was for our coffees. You should have used your money to pay it forward. A twinkle in Noah's eye gave away the fact that he was joking, but Elizabeth rolled her eyes nonetheless as she asked, Did you call Macy's and Radio City? Noah nodded. I did. Macy's said they were generous in paying for the photos of the kids and Santa, given the fact that it wasn't Santa's fault, a shopper forced herself on him. They have complete confidence in their hires and apologized to the Tampa Palms teachers and students if they were offended by what happened. Wow, okay then, Elizabeth replied, impressed that the department store wasn't groveling or trying to accept more blame than they already were. In Radio City? Noah shook his head. The show is sold out. I talked to the manager and he told me that even if they weren't, they wouldn't allow us to take a video of the performance. Noticing the expression on his girlfriend's face, he hastened to add, Don't look at me like that. I tried. There was nothing the guy could do for me. I actually felt bad for him, you know? I could hear some woman yelling at him in the background about something, so he sounded pretty stressed. In fact, damn it, Elizabeth exclaimed in frustration, spinning around to kick a frozen snow-covered trash can where it stood on the edge of the curb. She immediately came to regret it, however, as a jolt of pain traveled up her big toe and throughout her body. As she hobbled backward angrily, Noah reached out a hand to steady her. What the hell was that for? He demanded, bewildered. I wanted footage of those kids. Would you relax? I think I can do you one better. A smile unfurled across Noah's bearded face when Elizabeth stared up at him curiously. Before you launched into your tirade, I was going to say that I know for a fact that the manager of the hall was stressed because, get this, he let slip that the president and her guests are attending the 3 p.m. showing of the Christmas Spectacular this afternoon 
and he had so much to do to get ready for their arrival beforehand, but he was having a hard time dealing with the increased security at the theater. Elizabeth's eyes widened as her brain processed what she had just been told. You mean, Noah nodded. You wanted your chance to try and interview the president? Well, we know exactly where she's going to be this afternoon. Elizabeth let out a high-pitched squeal of excitement before throwing her arms around Noah's neck and kissing him full on the lips, literally leaping off of the ground to wrap her legs around his waist. Surprised, Noah dropped the camera bag and wrapped his arms around her in order to support her, and the two continued to passionately kiss, right there in the middle of the crowded 34th Street, until a disgusted passerby muttered under their breath, Get a room. This brought the two college students back to their senses and Elizabeth immediately dropped back down to her feet and cleared her throat pointedly. As she ran her hands down the front of her outfit to smooth out the wrinkles, sorry about that, she muttered, slightly red in the face as she glanced at the pedestrians all around them. Don't ever apologize for that, Noah insisted with a goofy grin before getting back down to business. Here's the deal though, the performance is already sold out, but you've got to figure that if the show's at two, it'll get out around four, so I suggest we just wait for them at one of the exits? How do we know which one they'll come out of? We don't, not for sure anyway, but the president always goes everywhere with her traveling press, right? So I think we can probably surmise the exit she'll come out of based on which one not only has the most security, but also has the cameras waiting outside of it already. Then we just push our way as close as we can, shout to get her attention, and hope she'll talk to us for a few minutes. A wide smile unfurled across Elizabeth's face, and her knees were suddenly weak as she stared up at her boyfriend. She had never been more attracted to him than she was in that very moment. God, I want you. Noah raised an eyebrow playfully before checking his watch. We have a few hours to kill before four, he began suggestively. How about we go somewhere and, uh, warm each other up? He shrugged innocently. That way you can show me just how much you want me. Elizabeth giggled before biting down on her lower lip as she considered the offer. As tempting as that is, we should probably head somewhere else and try to score another interview. We already have two, Noah pointed out, and there's no guarantee I'll get one with the president even if we spot her, Elizabeth finished firmly. So I have to have more of these fluff pieces in the bag just in case, she sighed as she stared up and down the snowy street. Any suggestions as to where we should go next? Noah buried his disappointment and complaints about the cold deep within himself, determined to keep his girlfriend in a good mood. Hopefully, if she kept it, he could convince her to get off the cold streets sooner rather than later. How about Central Park? He suggested. We can hang out by the entrance outside of FAO Schwartz. There will be a lot of tourists and foot traffic around there on a day like this good idea. Plus, that puts us closer to Radio City as well. Shivering, Elizabeth took Noah's hand. Let's get the F train back uptown. What about delays? Noah asked as they set off in the direction of the 34th Street Herald Square station. We have time to kill, 
Elizabeth replied, taking her boyfriend by surprise. Besides, you deserve a chance to warm up a bit after getting that information for me. Gee, thanks, Noah said sarcastically. God, I really want that interview. Maybe then our major news outlet will pick it up, you know? Even if not, it's still an interview with the freaking president of the United States. No one can scoff at that. Who's scoffing? Noah asked as they descended the subway stairs and headed underground. My mother, Elizabeth rolled her eyes. She wants us to come home now instead of later tonight. She said no one would be watching the streaming service tonight anyway, so what was the point of staying out all day shooting content for it? Though Noah secretly agreed with the point of the woman he had yet to meet, he wasn't going to admit it to his girlfriend. Instead, he just smiled supportively at her. She'll be impressed when she sees you talking to the president on camera, he insisted, which made Elizabeth's smile widen. Unfortunately, it disappeared almost instantly when they stepped off of the stairs and onto the platform of the dark, damp subway station to find it packed with people standing shoulder to shoulder, which meant that the train was going to be overcrowded and overheated yet again. Well, at least the trains are running on time, Noah pointed out. The words were no sooner out of his mouth when an announcement was made, barely audible over the crackling loudspeaker overhead, informing the gathered crowds that the trains were running on a 20-minute delay. As groans and shouted expletives echoed around the platform, Elizabeth looked up at Noah with a raised eyebrow. The things I do for you, she muttered. Thanks, Charlene. Like all of our readers, I appreciate you lending your voice to this project. You have truly raised the bar as everyone who's come prior to you has. I seriously appreciate each and every one of you for lending your voice to this project in order to help me bring my book to life. Just as I appreciate each and every one of our listeners for going on this year-long journey with me and these characters that I have created. I appreciate each and every one of you more than you know, so please keep the feedback coming because I enjoy it and it helps me to become a better writer. And if you're enjoying the story, consider sharing it with your family and friends on your social media feeds in order to get it in front of as many ears as possible or as many eyes because the text of each chapter you hear is made available on our website each and every week as well. So if reading is more of your thing or more of their thing, they can read our weekly installments at www.tisapod.com. Podcast.com. And if you enjoy Tis Podcast proper, if you ever want to comment on a movie or television show we discuss, give us feedback on a specific episode, comment on this book, or just interact with us and other listeners of the show, check out our social media feeds. All you have to do to get to each one is go to www.tisapodcast.com slash Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, or Facebook group. Our Facebook group is by far the most active of our social media pages. It's always busy year-round, and not just with Christmas chatter, although that's obviously our primary focus. There's plenty of talk about pop culture, movies, TV shows, memes, comic books, and other holidays as well. Especially those other Burr Month's holidays we all know and love, like Halloween and Thanksgiving, which lead up to Christmas itself. 
It's also become kind of a one-stop shop for many of the Christmas podcasts that you know and love on the Christmas Podcast Network. So not only will you find new episodes of Tissa Podcast there and get to interact with Julia, Tom, and myself there, but you'll also find new episodes of shows like Totally Rad Christmas, Christmas Clatter, TGI Podcast, A Cozy Christmas Podcast, Advent Calendar House Podcast, all of your favorites posted there as well, and find all of the hosts of said shows you know and love on the website too, always willing to interact with anyone and everyone about anything. It's truly a mini Christmas family that's formed within that Facebook group, and it's the thing that Julia, Tom, and myself are most proud of when it comes to Tissa Podcast and what's sprouted out of our show. But speaking of the show, if you want more bonus episodes, Christmas cards, enamel pins, ringtones, etc., check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash tisapodcast or www.tisapodcast.com slash Patreon. For as little as $1 per month, you can get full-length bonus episodes of the show. If you're not a patron yet, or you used to be a patron but dropped off, now is the time to sign up or sign back up, as the case may be. We have... So much great content coming your way. We just dropped an episode in which I discuss season two of Netflix's The Circle with Kendall Foray. Next week, you'll hear Charlene Lewis and myself talk season three of USA's Temptation Island, which is a lot of fun. But after that, we have episodes coming up on The Suicide Squad, The Purge, the new Conjuring film... The new Space Jam film coming up, the new Purge film coming up, tons of great stuff. And we have a backlog of content already in the can to drop this upcoming October for Halloween and plenty of stuff coming your way for Thanksgiving and Christmas as well. So it's almost like a second full-time show, the amount of episodes we've been dropping lately. So keep your eyes on all of that. Subscribe if you can. All of the money we make through Patreon goes to improving the quality of Tissa podcast in our main feeds. But there are other ways to help the podcast besides subscribing to Patreon and engaging with us on and or sharing our social media pages. You can help the show in a free way by leaving us a review on iTunes, because every new review helps new listeners to find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. Coming up in your main feeds on the main show this upcoming Monday, June 7th, is an episode I know Tom has been looking forward to record for a very long time. And in it, he, Julia, and myself discuss the Vicar of Dibley Christmas episodes, which was a lot of fun. On Thursday, June 10th, the next installment of Another Christmas Story, Chapter 19, Jingle Bell Rock, will drop in your main feeds, read to you by Tim Babb of Can't Wait for Christmas, which will be a lot of fun. And then Monday, June 14th, Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter Podcast, guest stars on the main show, to discuss with Tom, Julia, and myself the Christmas movie Christmas in Wonderland, which... Ah, that was an experience, and that's all I'll say on that for the time being. So lots of fun and exciting stuff coming up, but that's not the most exciting news we have. I'm going to kick it back to our guest to reveal that. So take it away, Charlene. There are only 205 days until Christmas. Next week, we'll be out of the 200s, guys. 
out of the 200s. Can you believe that? And in two weeks, we're at Leon Day, which is a halfway point. I cannot believe how fast this year is flying. So before we sign off, I wanted to thank y'all once again for all of your love and support. We couldn't ask for better listeners in the world than all of you. You're truly the best. We're so lucky we get to consider so many of you friends and so many of you family. So make sure to do your homework, watch the Vicar of Dibley Christmas episodes, and watch Christmas in Wonderland. And when you inevitably hate that one, blame Todd, not me. But until Monday, y'all, enjoy your weekend. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. You're a monster, Mr. Grinch. Your heart's an empty hole Your brain is full of spiders You've got garlic in your soul, Mr. Grinch I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole You're a vile one, Mr. Grinch You have termites in your smile You have all the tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile, Mr. Grinch Given the choice between the two of you, I'd take the seasick crocodile You're a foul one, Mr. Grinch You're a nasty, wasty skunk Your heart is full of unwashed socks Your soul is full of gunk, Mr. Grinch The three words that best describe you are as follows And I quote Stink, stank, stunk You're a rotter, Mr. Grinch You're the king of sinful sots Your heart's a dead tomato splotched with moldy purple spots, Mr. Grinch Your soul is an appalling dump heap Overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of deplorable rubbish imaginable Mangled up in tangled up knots You nauseate me Mr. Grinch With a nauseous super nos You're a crooked jerky jockey And you drive a crooked horse Mr. Grinch You're a three-decker sauerkraut And toadstool sandwich With arsenic sauce